What's up, everybody? Just want to remind you to go check out RayfieldDavisBasketball.com. We got some t-shirts and some hoodies up, but also we have two basketball camps this month. They both will be in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Our first camp will be December 27th and 28th at the DuPont OPS facility. And then December 30th, we'll be at my high school, Southside High School, for a one-day skills clinic. So if you'd like more information or to sign up for camp, go to RayfieldDavisBasketball.com. You could also sponsor a kid or donate to camp at RayfieldDavisBasketball.com. If you need more information outside of that, just hit me up. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rayfield Davis Podcast. Today, we got a special episode. The Boilermakers are number one. We got Purdue favorite, Purdue legend, voice of Purdue right now, Bobby Rydell. How you doing, Bob? What's going on with you? I'm doing well, Rayfield. Thanks for having me on, man. It's a, it's a pleasure. I've seen you doing great things with the podcast so far, so happy to be, be a guest. Oh, no, I appreciate it. But uh, uh, just... Talk about it, because I know, I mean, you're part of the team. I mean, you are Purdue Boilermaker right now. You are number one in the country. So talk about that feeling, being number one, being part of history. Kind of where are you at with it? How are you taking it all in? Especially being new to the program, coming into the program at such a historic moment. Where are you at? Where are you at with it? Yeah, I mean, it's just really cool. Like, it's honestly a super fun experience to to have a little, you know, a little part of it. Obviously, I'm not doing anything uh, on the court or uh, from a coaching standpoint or anything like that. But I'm talking, you know, I get to talk about the game uh, while it's going on. But, you know, being able to travel with the team and have a little inside access and stuff like that is definitely very neat uh, for a team that's, you know, been the first team to ever accomplish this goal of being the number one team in the country. Um, it's amazing time to be a part of the program and I couldn't be happier has this has this team surprised you in any way because I mean seeing it from last year seeing it with no fans I mean I mean look like the team just from the start of last season to where they are now you think about just a year how much they've matured has it surprised you where they are now I mean, a little bit. I certainly thought this year's team was was going to be terrific, uh, especially when you were hearing all the things in the preseason about a guy like Zach Eady playing extremely well in the preseason. You know, he was good last year, certainly off the bench, but for him to be playing well enough to where he was able to, you know, move Travion to the bench. I mean, Travion's a preseason All-American. So once I started hearing some of that stuff and I'd heard Isaiah Thompson been playing really well, and so you start hearing some of those things in the preseason, and you're like, wow, like some of these guys that I didn't necessarily think, you know, we're going to be maybe playing as many minutes are now starting. So once you have those things, plus everyone else, obviously, who, who had played a lot last year coming back, I knew Scott was the limit for this team. But like you said, last year, you know, Eric Hunter missed some time. Jaden Ivey was out injured. You know, Ethan Morton had mono. All, obviously, the freshmen that are here now weren't there. Zach Eady was brand new. I mean, there was so much unknown at the beginning of last season. Mason Gillis and Brandon Newman had never played a game after redshirting. And, you know, last year there was a couple rocky games towards the start, especially with some of those guys missing. But they really hit their stride later in the year. And obviously Jaden Ivey came on big time towards the end of last season. So I was expecting a massive year from him this year, and, and we've been seeing it thus far. What is it about Jaden that makes mm. him so, I mean – Lack of better words, just better than everybody else. <laughs> no kidding. Like, he's got that ability that, like, all of us just wish, like, you know, <laughs> uh, we had uh, as far as just the freak. Like, he last game, he blew by Jordan Bohannon, like, like that. 
And, you know, Jordan's not the greatest athlete ever, of course, but, you know, he gets the ball in the wing, blows by Jordan, and then takes off outside the lane and flushes it like, not like a little mini flush, like a nice flush with the right hand, like right in front of me. And I'm just like, yeah, there's no one I've seen um, at the guard position. You know, Big Dog was doing some stuff like that, but there's no one at the guard position that I've seen play in a pretty uniform, probably none ever, that was doing some stuff like that. Um, just special explosiveness and length um, and skill level at that position. Oh, yeah. I mean, and when you think about the team overall, what separates this team from, I mean, previous Coach Paint teams, I mean, or previous, I mean, just good teams in college basketball? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, because, you know, there was a team that I was a grad assistant for my fifth year where uh, Robbie, uh, Juwan, and Etuan were juniors. Chris Kramer was a senior. Keaton Grant, those guys were seniors. Lou Jack was a sophomore. And, uh, you know, that team had a great chance to become number one. Like, they probably were on their way. As we all know, unfortunately, Robbie got hurt that season. But that was a special group, too. Uh, we, you know, we talk, me and Robbie talk about how his team would do versus this year's team. And it's a good debate. But, you know, he even concedes that this year's, the depth on this year's team is what separates it more than any Purdue team I've been around. Obviously, they got the top end talent, which you have to have with Jaden and Zach Eady and Travion Williams. but it's the depth. I mean, they go 10 deep, legit 10 deep. Um, they don't have some Bobby Riddell ninth man coming off the bench, you know, just trying to not mess up. Like they got 10 legit dudes and uh, yeah, it's impressive. So I got to ask, I mean, cause I mean, you get a healthy Rob Kramer, Keaton, those dudes, like you don't really need a lot of debt with their top seven. True. So who you taking? Who going to win the game? <laughs> you got one game, you got 40 minutes, you playing inside Mackey because it will get, I mean, that's when I was in high Both school. Both sides. So it will get <laughs> crazy in there ways. too. So who you who who wins that game? But I'm gonna get yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna make Coach Paint the coach of both teams too. So Paint got a coach old, against older Paint. Co older coach paint yep. versus younger <laughs> coach paint. <laughs> coach paint with a little bit more gray versus a coach paint with the dark brown. Yeah. Exactly. Um I mean, I just, as much as I'm so biased to that team that I was, you know, those guys I played with, I just think over the course of 40 minutes, like, and granted, both teams obviously could win um, any given day, but over the course of like a series per se, yeah. I think the um, this year's team would win. Just, I think they're inside depth. Like, you know, if Juwan, you know, Juwan, if he picks up two fouls, like, Who's guard, you know, Rob that's, is that's like Robbie going to have to, are they going to go small? You know, they could certainly try a little small ball action with like Robbie at the five and try to mm. like, Hey, we're going to take three for twos. Um, right, that right. sort of thing. But um, it would be an interesting uh, chess match between the two teams. That would be, I guess I would have to say fouls unlimited because JJ's fouling out. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. They JJ. would have to keep up with, because for 40 minutes, I mean, they, they would have to keep up with JJ. But again, you got two of them. Right. So no, that's yeah. a good, that's a good point. But thinking back, I mean, thinking back to that team, like I like, like I said, I was in high school, I was a young pup. That's kind of when I kind of became enamored with Purdue and just like the like, I mean, obviously like the Michigan game at Mackey when um Manny Harris broke Kramer's nose. Like yeah. I still have that feeling in my body like because I was that's when the recruits would sit behind the scores table or whatever so like sure 
that was right behind the Michigan bench. Kind yeah, that was of. when so they had the seeing that. Yeah, it was they had up. The that's when the court. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So like, so seeing that up close and seeing how he, <laughs> seeing how he ran back into the arena uh, with it, like the mask on or whatever. What about yeah, yeah? What about those years? Those teams. What what made y'all special? Yeah, those were some special teams for sure. You know, similar to, you know, I'm not in the locker room day in, day out, but I've been around these guys a little bit this year. They definitely feel like they got a really good chemistry um, as far as just all the guys getting along. That's something that ours teams really had. You know, my really once the baby boilers got there, um, that was my junior year. They were freshmen. And then uh, the next two years when I was around the team as a senior and then a grad assistant, just really good chemistry all the way up and down the roster. Uh, guys in the locker room just joking all the time, um, clowning, you know, all that stuff that you miss, you know, a lot once you stop playing. Um, but yeah, good chemistry. And then just, it was so fun to see in my freshman year, we got last in the Big Ten. It was pretty rough, rough times for sure. Coach Painter's first year, you know, that transition from Coach K to Coach Painter. And then my sophomore year, Carl Landry and David Teague had returned from injury the previous season. Chris Kramer and Keaton Grant coming to the fold. And we really, you know, surprised a lot of people. We got fourth in the Big Ten. Um, we were able to win a game in the tournament, lost to defending national champion Florida, who ended up going on to win the championship that year. And we really, you know, that was fun season just because no one expected anything from us. Carl and David were just awesome that year. Like David in particular was one of the best leaders I've ever been around. The dude was just a warrior. Always made – one of those guys, I'm, and I've heard a lot the same about you over your course of your career, but just someone who's upbeat and brings major energy to practice every day. Like it could be a Tuesday, next game's not till Saturday, and like TZ would just be off the charts in practice, bringing the heat, like making competitive drills. Like, And it made all of us – better and and the competition was great and um Kramer and Keaton came in as freshmen and both started and were really impressive but then that next year we lose Carl and David like our two rocks and we bring in these four freshmen and I remember that summer you know we play open gyms in the summer all that and, and those are always a lot of fun because it's a lot of just hooping and stack, seeing who stacks up well against each other and yeah. guys a lot of guys have more of a green light than they will once, um, you know, <laughs> coach paint gets around them. And, um, oh, and so those are, those, yeah, I'm sure you, I'm sure you had guys you play with like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jacob Lawson probably shooting three balls and it's like, Hey Jacob, that's not going to roll when the season starts. Oh man. AJ not passing three point yeah. line. Oh, AJ wanted like AJ had a week of open gym. All he wanted to do was pick and pop. He didn't post yeah. up one time. And I mean, like, in, he had went to, like, some NBA camp or something where they, like, told him he needed to be able to shoot threes or something. Sure. It had to be something like that. All he wanted to do was pick and shoot deep threes. It was sick. So, no, I get exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, so those open gyms are always a lot of fun. And that summer, you know, there's so much uncertainty. Like, these new guys come in, and they were all highly rated. Like, we heard a lot about them. But back then, there wasn't, like, YouTube and all this stuff where, like, I can look, watch videos of every single, you know, guy who's committed to Purdue and like watch hours of videos of them, you know, from AU events and stuff and workout videos. Like I'd heard we had good, like coach paint. He constantly reminded us 
um, about the guys who were walking down that tunnel the following year, whenever we were practicing poorly or something the year before. Um, he was, you know, talking about the guys who were going to come take oh, our minutes, which of course they did. Um, so I knew they were talented, but, you know, we start playing and those guys just jumped off the page, like super impressive. Etuan and Robbie in particular, just amazing, like already, like getting buckets, getting up and down, showing no signs of being newbies by any means. And I just remember Keaton and Kramer would be captains a lot for the picking teams and open gym and Robbie and Etuan were the first two picks every time, like no offense or buts. And, you know, cause Juwan really ended up being more of a, a late bloomer as far as from like his freshman year, like he contributed and Juwan had some nice moments, but he was very much a role player that freshman year. And then his sophomore year, the jump from his freshman to sophomore year was incredible. So just being around, you know, so many talented players, like practices for me were like so fun. Cause it was just, you know, you're competing against all these, you know, NBA level players and super talented guys. And whenever I could have a moment in practice, you know, it was, I go back and tell my dad, like, yeah, you know, I scored on each one today or Kramer or something. Or, so that was just a lot of fun, like playing against those guys and being around them. That's cool. That's what's up. And no, uh, because you guys won a lot of games, got some championships. And then, like you said, you stuck around as a GA. And I mean, you see kind of like, like you said, Spike and Tommy. You spoke about that before we record, but they're back around. PJ and Grady went through it. I mean, Ryan O'Brien yep. Smith was a GA. Yep. What what would you say you learned from paint or some things you took away as a GA that kind of helped kind of direct you? Yeah, I mean, it's just a whole different perspective, certainly. You know, when you're a player, you're just like, you're just in player mode, you know? Like, you're just, you're in the locker room and it's just, you definitely aren't like appreciating that it's like the coach's profession livelihood by any that's means. True. Like, that's, that's you know, fact. <laughs> if you lose a game, like you're bummed out and like the pizza doesn't taste as good as coach Payne always says, but like, you know, for them, like, they're like, I don't want to get fired. Right, I'd right. like to like keep, keep, I don't want to like have to make, make my family move. So <laughs> you definitely like, you get a little bit more appreciation for that. Certainly like when you move on from a player, um, but it was just neat being in like some of the meetings, seeing the things from a coaching perspective uh, and just their appreciation for how much detail and stuff that everything goes into the prep um, for every game. Because the amount of detail that, and prep that goes in every game, as you know, is, is a lot. So uh, that was really neat to see that side of things and just to bond closer with some of the coaches like, so my senior year, Jack Owens had come on as uh, he replaced Conzo Martin as the third assistant coach my senior season. And Jack, I don't think unless he unless he was doing walkthrough, I don't think Jack said a word like all season. <laughs> he was just so quiet and like new. And I get it. Like he's the new guy, like he's feeling things out and all that stuff. But and he's a relatively reserved guy in nature, of course. So but like he just didn't talk like. And then that following year, he changed so much. Like he became like the J.O. that you probably know and love and uh, was just so different and more bubbly and outgoing and trash talking and all that stuff. And like we would play. It was a lot of fun that year. We would play three on three all the time. And it was me, uh, Coach Lusk, who's back on staff now. Did you play for Coach Lusk at all or did you just miss no, him? No, he left. The, I just missed him, yep. You just missed him, okay. 
Yeah, he was there all four of my years. Yeah, I knew him great from I knew him from recruiting a little bit, maybe being recruited. Yeah. 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 So Paul's a great guy. And so he's back on staff now, which is fun for me to be around him. Um, so it was me, Coach Lust, and um J J.R. Reynolds. Do you know J.R. Yeah, Reynolds? I remember, remember JR. Yeah. Yeah. He was like a, a GA or whatever at the same time. And he coaches at my he's an assistant at Miami, Ohio now yeah. with JO. So it's us three versus Elliot Bloom, uh City Ray, uh Coach Ray, Rick Ray, yeah. and J.O on the other team and we just had some awesome like three on three battles and uh i can imagine good that's times. legit three good on times. three <laughs> yeah it was legit like bloom bloom because i'm you know i'm five nine on a good day and so bloom would like back me down on the block and like try to shoot turnaround fadeaways over me and i'm like bloom come on man like stop taking me on the block so much like try and take me off the bounce let's go and uh you know then i would try to return the favor and you know get him out in space and stuff so it was good times. It got, you know, it would get heated. And um, we had, yeah, it was a fun year to be around that team. And that team was just rolling. Like they'd won 10 straight and everything was, you know, coming into place. Lewis missed a good portion of the start of that season with a foot injury. And once he got back, it was like, like you said, we had seven, eight, like really solid uh, rotation. Um, and we were rolling and beating everybody. And then, you know, Robbie got hurt. And, you know, that was yeah. – that was a sad deal, but um, yeah, that team was that was a fun group to be around that year. No, yeah, yeah, I, I imagine like coming into that's the old locker room. So coming into the locker room, I would always come in after the games and get going to the cooler, and then I would just sit in somebody's <laughs> chair. Like that was that was definitely that was when I learned kind of like people always talk about me kind of the program and changing, but for me it was kind of this is kind of what it was when I used to come as a kid and it was just more about yep. getting that fun feel back to it. Cause like, like I be at tough practices and see it, but then you see like the type of games and type of way the guys play just never knew who, like you talk about, I could talk about Etwan's 30 against Ohio state, but then Rob mm -hmm. had a game. He had like 30 in the first half against Ohio state. I mean, I think they lost, crazy. but it was crazy yeah, to see. <laughs> It was kind of like that Iowa game the other night where instead, yep. instead of holding on to win, they lost late. Um, they pressed. Where, yep. Ohio State threw the press at them, and we just didn't every really time. handle it great. Yeah. yeah and then ET every, went berserk. Oh, yeah. That second half. Yeah. Every they press. You put – and then he was at the top of the press. Oh, it's crazy. I still remember that game. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. That, um, like those type of things. But now transitioning into your role now – it's kind of the voice of the team. I mean, the fans hear you. They listen to you to know what's going on and give them background. How is that role going for you? What's the most fun part about it? Kind of what's interesting to it? What didn't you expect? And I'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, it's it's definitely been a learning curve. You know, I didn't have any sort of media background. I mean, it's going into it. Um, you know, I've always, you know, watching the sports center and listening to the quiz and everything like growing up, like I'd always dreamed of like doing sports media and stuff to, in some level. Um, you know, always wanted to be the next like Stu Scott or Rich Eisen yeah. for so long, like when you're younger. And uh, so like when I got the opportunity and was asked, I was super thrilled and I was like, I got to make this work somehow between like my day job and my family and doing this. Cause it's certainly a commitment, obviously, especially more this year with travel involved. Um, 
So I was like, I got to make this work. This seems like a dream come true. And, and I'm just like, I'm black and gold through and through. Like I grew up in Lafayette, went to all the games with my dad, uh, you know, so I, I, you know, I, Purdue is, is near and dear to my heart. So right. obviously um, I've followed the history of the program, you know, ever since I've been young. So was really ecstatic to get the opportunity. And then you know, since I've been doing it, it's, it's definitely something where, I felt like at first I was like, I feel like I know the game. Well, I feel like I can, you know, what I was excited was to do was to bring some of the stuff I knew internally about like coach Payne and his system and just what it's like to play from as a player. I wanted to bring that to the broadcast. I thought some of those tidbits would be fun for the listeners. Um, and what's been interesting as has been that, you know, defensively a lot is the same um, when I played and when probably when you played, you know, a lot of that defensive man-to-man schematics are, are very similar to defensive principles, as Coach Payne calls them. Those are very similar, you know, bluff and stay, get in the gaps, help side, be in the right spot, all that sort of stuff. But it's the offensive side of things, which is like a whole new world from when I played. Um, it's crazy. So it's been interesting trying to learn more about that. Now they run so many set plays. Um, and they're well-willed machine on that end of the, the bat on that end of the court, just really trying to take advantage of mismatches and get to the, get the ball to the guys who are, you know, most effective. Whereas I think when you played, you, you certainly ran a lot of motion as well. Correct. Or predominantly yeah, motion. Yeah. 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 yeah and then we started yeah, maybe when, later in your career. When Isaac, we started to, I, when Isaac will come in, we started to run um, more of the post plays. That's when those start to develop more, but right. up until up until that was well, that was more of you like ran Isaac swivel a lot for Biggie. They ran yeah, swivel a lot for you, right? Yeah, we ran swivel. That was my that was yeah. my time to shine. <laughs> yes, sir. You had that big bucket was, laid at IU. I want to say off yep, swivel. Yep, off the yeah. right hand drive. Yeah, that was um. Yeah. I I forgot about that. Yeah, that was swivel was my time to shine. He had like Butler and like that type of stuff. So we had yep. similar offense. And then my. When you when we got Biggie and AJ and Isaac all down in the post, that's when we went more like um more sets and more. That was when like you were that. like this on the perimeter, like I'm gonna throw this, I'm gonna throw this lob into you. Oh yeah, well, I mean, like, it was <laughs> it was either shoot the three or throw it in the post. Well, it was throw it in the post and then shoot. Yeah, you better be wide open or else get that baby in the <laughs> that's post. A yeah, fact. that's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. So like it's been fun learning you know, the different things that have changed um, since I played. Because last year, we just weren't around. We weren't able to be around the team at all because of the COVID protocols mm-hmm. and everything. So, yeah. you know, you're just calling the game. And, and for me, it was my first time doing it. So I was just trying to watch the game, tell the listeners what I think's happening, you know, from a basketball standpoint, as mm-hmm. far as trying to be descriptive. And, you know, because on the radio, they can't see. So you're, you're learning how to try to be more descriptive. Uh, to try to paint that picture and trying to bring energy and all that sort of stuff. But last year it was hard, you know, with no fans and doing the road games remotely. So this year it's been kind of a whole new learning experience as far as doing games now with fans for the first time. And it's been a lot of fun. Rob, Rob Blackman and Wes Scott, Wes Scott's the radio engineer, you know, having both of those guys around for me has been huge uh, because both of those guys were with the team. You know, Rob Blackman's first year as the color analyst with, alongside Cliz uh, was my freshman year at Purdue. So mm. basically, you know, I've known him a long time ever since then. Wes Scott's been there even longer than that. So having two guys that 
you know, as you know, like you see when you played, you see Cliz and Wes and Rob on the trips and, you know, you chum it up with them a little bit every now and then. And uh, they're all really good guys. And so having that pre-existing relationship has been huge for me just because, you know, it's, it was nerve wracking at first. You know, I obviously was like making it the Super Bowl, like in my head, as far as, you know, how, you know, big and important it was to call these games. And so having like guys that you can joke around with and, and lean on for advice, you know, cause Rob was in my exact role before, you know, him and Cliz kind of transitioned and switched roles towards the end of Cliz's run. But uh, Rob was in the role I'm in now for a long time. So he knows exactly where I'm coming from and is able to set me up with some softballs and things like that to help me out. Oh, that's cool. And I listened to, I think it was two weeks ago, I listened to one of the games just to kind of hear, because I never had, I never listened to a game on the radio before, and I didn't realize Because right, when you're playing, was, like, yeah, you're not listening on the radio, obviously. So I was yeah. in a car, and I was driving to Chicago, and I was listening to the game. I think it's, I think it's super cool. I think it's, uh, like you said, painting the picture is, like, real right. important, because, like, especially with me, like, I'm in the car a lot. So being able to drive and see the game without like trying to look at my phone and do all that type of crazy stuff. Right. That's real cool. So no, I, I really appreciate what you put into it and you could tell you, you could tell, I mean, obviously you put your time into it, but you could tell you actually put your time into it. That makes sense. So no, I think that's cool. cool. And then before, before you get out of here, I got a couple of questions for you, just more for okay. my own sanity. Top, if you had to put a, five players on the court Purdue team who are you putting out there and it's got like a, it has to fit right like as a good team uh, not necessarily just the yeah, five best yeah, players right? like gotta we gotta be, be able to we gotta run yeah. we gotta be able to run some offense and stuff. <laughs> yeah exactly it's gotta be cohesive is this the uh coach paint era or uh oh anything anybody are... i've seen play oh no actually because you actually know Purdue so yeah no no that's a good question for you Give me like the first five. team I really remember is like the big dog team, for instance. So give me five Coach Katie players that you would take against five Coach Paint players to win, like to play against each other. Give me five and five. Wow. Okay. So for the Coach Katie teams, yeah, so he coached those, um, the three Amigos teams with uh, Todd Mitchell, Everett Stevens, and Troy Lewis. So some really good players there, of course. Um, then he coached Big Dog and those teams that won the three P. He coached Brad Miller, Brian Cardinal. Some of those guys were studs too. So, um, you know what? I'm gonna go Brad Miller at the center. Mm -hmm. He's you know his college career. He was a very good college player. You know he took his game to a whole another level in the pros. Um, you know was an NBA All Star and things of that nature. So we'll go with him from a, a talent standpoint. He was a stud. Then we'll go with. Todd Mitchell at the power forward. Oh, no, no, no. Big dog. What am I doing? Big dog at the power forward. Sorry, Todd. Love you. But <laughs> we're going to go with the big dog at the four. Um, you know, one of my favorite players, one of my favorite coaches of all time, Conzo Martin. I'm rolling with him at the three just because I love my manzo. And that dude's a big time shooter. At the two, Troy Lewis. And then at the one, you know, one guy who was insanely talented, some of the teams he wasn't on weren't the greatest, but Willie Dean. I don't know if you know, I don't know if you know him, his game or him as well, but he, was, he transferred from Boston College. 
he was on a couple teams late in Coach Katie's run that um, weren't super successful. But this dude, he was like Carson Edwards before Carson. Mm. Um, as far as just like super bucket getter, similar size, really athletic. Uh, Willie was more of a two-point guy where Carson was probably more of a three-point guy. But, um, you know, I'll probably go, I'll probably go Willie just to, to mix it up and add some extra scoring, even though we got plenty of scoring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got some dogs on that team. Yeah, I mean, we already got lots of scoring, honestly, with Troy Lewis and um, Glenn Robinson. But, yeah, we'll go Willie Dean. Why not? And then for the paint team, um, I'm going to go with a backcourt of J.I. and Eve Vaughn. Because mm. uh, I think J.I., for all intents and purposes, Jaden Ivey is, is who I'm referring to. Um, J.I., they call him J.I. He uh, – I think he's got a lot of point guard skills in him. Yeah. I think he'll probably play a lot of point at the next level. Um, he gives me some major Ja Morant vibes, and I know that's his favorite player. So uh, I got to go J.I. and Etuan, And then, of course, got to put my man Hummel at the four. At the five? Man, the five is difficult. Uh, you played with a, stud, a couple studs. Um, there's a couple studs there right now. I play with a stud. Two studs, Carl Landry and Juwan Johnson. You know what? Carl is super underrated, like, because he was the first big that played for paint, and he played for Coach Katie, too, actually. Um, but, I mean, this dude was going against Al Horford, Joe Kim Noah, uh, Maurice Spates, and was, like, a one-man Greg Oden. Like, he, he was, like, holding his own and some against all those guys. Um, so, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with my man Carl Landry at the five. And then at the three, David Teague. At the three. Mm. Nice. I like that. Yeah, Teague, Teague was cool. I've seen some – Teague was a really good two-way guy. Yeah. Um, could shoot it, you know, really good shooter, streaky. But when he got hot, <laughs> that baby was going up. Uh, who, who he was, was an all-time open gym, all-time open gym killer. <laughs> <laughs> and then who wins who, that game? Who, and it's in a – I'm going – it's in an open gym setting. You're calling your own fouls. Who wins? Uh, um, <laughs> that's a great – that's a great game. Uh, but one team's got big dogs, so I think I got to go with Coach Katie's team on that one. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, Bob, I appreciate – I appreciate the time. I mean, I, I mean, I – I would pick that team to win too. I think so, but no, I don't think it's close. Can. I mean, both teams and win should win a national championship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. go undefeated in a season. <laughs> but yes, I mean, yes. then you no. Nah, so I mean, looking ahead, I mean, the season is I mean really still getting underway. Big Ten season is really just now starting. I mean, hopefully the guys can. I mean, Going to Rutgers, win to get a get a Big Ten road win. Tough, no matter where you're going, it's tough to get a Big Ten road win. I mean, get, get December going, and then going to January, kind of with with some momentum and win some games, and then don't want to look too far ahead, but make a deep run and well win the Big Ten tournament, make a deep run in the tournament, get to a Final Four, and then we all get down to New Orleans. But now I'm, I'm appreciate I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's been a blast talking with you about the Boilers. And, yeah, certainly the rest of the season looked exciting. Obviously, we've, we've reached one of those goals of 
getting the number one ranking. And then you know, now it's all about finishing out the non-conference slate strong and then win the Big Ten regular season, win the Big Ten tournament, which they haven't done since my senior year. So come on, fellas. We, sure. we got to get another Big Ten tourney crown um, in the Boilermakers, you know. It, we got to get one for the boilers there. So, and then obviously, as you, you pointed out, we got to get to New Orleans and uh, try to cut all the nets down. That would be amazing. This team certainly got the ability to do that, but they got to stick together, got to stay healthy, and uh, got to have a couple breaks go their way. And not straight like that. I mean, appreciate you for joining us. Everybody out there, boiler up, hammer down. Um, check out RayfieldDavisBasketball.com. We got a few camps coming up. But until next time, Rayford Davis, Rayford Davis podcast. We out.